Hey TCA, my name is Sarah Britsky and I'm your host for TCAU. Today I'm here with two of TCA's rhetoric school students, Juliana Rosenthal and Isaiah Sabronik, and we are going to be talking about rhetoric school, what makes it distinct, what they like about it, and what they're excited for as it grows. And so Juliana, Isaiah, would you introduce yourselves? Yeah, so my name is Juliana Rosenthal and I am in the junior 11th grade class of TCA's rhetoric school. Um, and I have only been here for, this was my third year. I'm Isaiah Sobronik. Uh This is also my junior year here at TCA, and I have been, this will be my fifth year here. And Juliana, Isaiah, one of the reasons we wanted to have this podcast is because our rhetoric school is still growing. We don't have seniors yet. You two will hopefully be in the graduating class, the first graduating class at TCA. And because it's small, and um, because you guys are still building the school in some ways, there's a lot of mystique and wonder about what happens at TCA's high school. There's no other classical Christian collaborative high school in Omaha. And you guys are really in the best sense of the word, setting the path, you're paving the way. And so we want you guys to be able to share what is rhetoric school? What do you love about it? What are you excited for? And so that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. Just kind of letting parents and all of our listeners in on what a classical Christian collaborative rhetoric school is like. So we'd love to hear first in your own words, what is the rhetoric school at TCA and what's distinct about it? Well, the rhetoric school, um, is right now just the ninth through 11th grade. Um, so basically it's TCA's high school and, um, but there's a deeper community than just a regular high school. Most high schools, it's there's each graduating class is having like 200 kids. We're like our first graduating class next year. We'll have six students. And so we know each other so much better than we would if we were in one of those larger high schools. Um, so just the deeper community there. I think what has been fun to see in that smaller group is just the ways that you guys have really connected. And there's been, I think, even a growing sense of freedom because you've gotten to know each other so well. And that's just been really neat to see how you guys have built that community and you, you just enjoy each other because you know each other. You're like siblings in some ways, which is really, really cool. What would you add, Juliana? Um, I would also just say that it's different from, you know, grammar and logic school, partially because of the community, but even just how we're learning and why we're learning, because it's not learning the basics of like, this is what you're learning, like to get it in your memory and uh, memorize it well. It's more of why are we learning those things? And then how do we apply that to our own life and to the world that we're living in and stuff like that, which definitely makes it different from logic and grammar school. We talked a little bit about you guys have mentioned that in rhetoric, you learn the why and you're really trying to learn to be curious. And so, yeah, we want that to be distinct. How do you think that, you know, if you were to think about TCA's rhetoric school and say how it's different than other high schools, you know, of, um, you talked about community a little bit about how you're taught. What else would you add to that? Even just, he kind of mentioned it, the small class, which plays into the community. And it's also plays into our relationships with the teachers and how we know they're kids. We know what's going on in their life. They know what's going on in our lives. And so not only are we learning from them, but we have a relationship that we're getting to learn from as well. And also even just our whole civil portrait of a graduate is different from any other high school kid that I know. They're learning to go to college and get a job and get money and do what they want, their dreams. But we're really learning in rhetoric school to learn to just learn, like not to get a job, even though that's obviously part of it, but we're really enjoying the subjects that we're learning. 
Yeah. So civil is an acronym, right? We talk about civil being our portrait of a graduate. It comes from the Latin root civis, which means of the city. So you guys are hopefully not just trying to get into college, but to be human beings who represent and glorify God in your lives and in the work that you do. Do you know what civil stands for? Can you guys remember? Curious, <laughs> intentional, virtuous, influential, and loving. Yes. Yeah, so good. Um, yeah. So we hope that is distinct for our school. Love that. What would you add, Isaiah? Um, I think another thing. Because we have the small class sizes, but then we also have like less classes to keep track of. I mean, like all a lot of my friends who are going to public school, are like, oh, I'm taking Western Civ or I'm taking business math or personal finance, where I don't really know what those things are because I've never been in a school with that. But um, we have it's a lot less to keep track of, and like we only have five classes on Mondays and Wednesdays. We have um, two humanities classes a mathematics class, a sciences class, and our foreign language, our Latin class. And that's all we're doing on Mondays and Wednesdays. And the Fridays is our, mostly our um, electives. Um, yeah, so there, there's just a lot less. It's simpler. It's um, And um, we can branch out within those subjects to do what some of the bigger schools are doing. But uh, we mostly keep it focused on what our core curriculum would be. Right. And I th- so what if a parent was listening and thought, oh, my goodness, well, they're not getting as good of an education because they're not taking all those subjects. Do you have a sense for how you'd answer that question? I mean, I'd say partially we are still learning really awesome things and we're going in really good depth, having that smallness of a class and having those specific classes. And so. Yes, we maybe we don't like take Spanish or something, but we're still learning language and we're still reading great literature books. And the ways that we get into that is unique to TCA being a classical school compared to a public school and even just what they're learning in their classes. In the public schools with those huge class sizes, you got you have so many people that you're trying to teach at once for the teachers. And um, when you have 30, 40 kids in one class, um, you have to make sure that everybody's paying attention, that everybody's getting the material. We're here like with just us six in our class. Um, we can we have a deeper relationship with the teacher. The teachers are more friends than instructors to us. And um, instead of them lecturing with us, we more have a discussion and we learn through the discussion. And, and um, instead of them telling us what we should think, we learn how to think and um, discussing it to try to figure out those things that we should know and we can come to those conclusions ourselves instead of being told the answers. Yeah, I really love how you both phrased that, but how you ended, Isaiah, when I think about classical education too, and even as we talk about grammar, logic, or rhetoric, you're really learning how to learn. And I think sometimes we forget that the quantity of information that we dump onto a test is not necessarily representative of what we know. It's just what we knew in that particular moment. And I love how you guys are learning how to learn in fewer subjects, perhaps, but with more depth. And you're having those discussions that really make those things your own, as you said, Isaiah. It's a lot more fun, too, because, I mean, I love to talk. (laughs) (laughs) And um, in a public school, I'd I'd just be sitting there all day while the teachers are talking. And, yeah, I'd be the first student to raise my hand, but that means I'm also the first student to be ignored because I'm the one always raising my hand. Um, So I don't get to talk as much, where in the discussions... um, uh, everybody's talking a lot and I, um, we all get to put our two cents in and we come to our conclusions. And sometimes those can be different conclusions for, for, uh, everybody. Sometimes we can agree. Um, but, um, being able to be in an environment that fits what I enjoy for learning. And even what he said, like everyone is in the discussion. And so it's not just the few people who like to raise their hands 
or getting called and, you know, you were like, uh, I don't actually know this, but I was voluntold anyway. <laughs> um, but we are all, even just learning the skills of having a discussion with different people, having different opinions, and we're even just learning the skills of being able to not talk over each other and listen and learn from other people's perspectives while also sharing our own. You guys are hitting on this when you're answering these questions, but is there anything else you think makes TCA and your experience distinctly classical when you think about, oh, this is a classical school. Would you add anything to how it's different than maybe public school or how your parents were educated? I mean, one of the things I guess that we haven't said is even just the content of what we're learning. Like we are reading Rousseau and the Communist Manifesto and just really interesting books and just other content and like even just science and apologetics and stuff like that, that I would definitely say is different than what people in a public school would even take notice of or even just our discussion about that content is different than what would happen in a public school. And I feel like that kind of makes it a bit more classical. Yeah, and so yeah, we're reading those more difficult texts, like you said, but then we're also like, we are reading a lot of books that you would read in the public schools. Like this year we're reading To Kill a Mockingbird, which I know is a super popular book for, and I'm pretty sure Tale of Two Cities as well is another one that other high schools will use as well. But like other high schools, they're just, what's happening? And, um, what's happening and um, what the main theme of the book is, who the main character is, and you're like arcing or marking this, the story arc of what, of like the buildup and the, like the climax and the conclusion where we're more discussing ideas within the book and whether we agree with those ideas or not, like right now we're reading um, Crime and Punishment and uh, the main character Raskolnikov has uh, a theory over whether people can be above morals or not. And uh, we discussed this theory um, and we all disagree with this um, because his theory is that there are certain people that can be above the law, can be above morals. And um, we believe that there are objective morals that everybody has to um, subject themselves to that are set by God. And um, uh, but discussing those main ideas rather than just main storylines um, is something that can set us apart from other high schools. Talk about how the classes you take then are distinctly Christian. So this is a classical Christian school. How do you see that piece showing up throughout your day at school or at home? Um, I mean, all of our teachers find some way to connect it back to um, Jesus. And like our um, humanities teacher, Mr. Wright, he will, um, he gets a little bit preachy with us sometimes, depending on what the topic is. But um, uh, I remember last year we were talking about uh, the French Revolution and we were reading Rousseau um, of talking about uh, how Rousseau's uh, social contract of there's a contract between the sovereign and the people and um, that we sort of have a contract between us and the Christ as well of that um, we are to follow him and become more like him and his side is to save us from uh, eternal punishment of that con that's his side of the contract our math teacher um, uh, she's, she's all, she's always, um, Mrs. Ball, she's always going, oh, this is so cool. Oh, God created math to be like this. Um, I mean, uh, Galileo Galilei once said that mathematics is the language with, with which God, uh, wrote the, wrote the universe. Um, and so that everything with mathematics screams that God exists. I really, 
found it interesting what you said even about Isaiah that sometimes you disagree with your classmates and that's where you leave it. <laughs> More than sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes that you disagree with the authors that perhaps you see what Rousseau is saying and say, mm, maybe we would as Christians think about that a little bit differently or apply his theory and use it in a different place. Um, do you, so you'd say you don't always agree with the things you read with, with each other? I'm the one who tends to be a, the dissenter <laughs> um, um, because um, one thing that TCA has helped me with is um, I never take anything at face value. I always, um, not that I always doubt it, but um, I don't take anything unless I know that it's true. And so it's not enough for me to know what I want to know why. And so this classical education, the Christian education helps me learn those things, um, but also helps me do it in a better way instead of being the guy, well, I don't believe you instead of, uh, but now it's like, well, why do you believe that? And then under understanding and seeing um, how my belief in their, and other people's beliefs can be different and how um, we could both have our opinions and maybe one of us is right, one of us is wrong, maybe we're both wrong, but um, other people can have their opinions and I can have mine and that's okay. And that I can, um, we can uh, debate over them as much as we want, but um, in the end, uh, it doesn't matter really. All that matters is salvation. And even on the flip side of that, we're also learning if there's someone who disagrees with us, we're learning how to be open to even just hearing that idea. Cause often in our world, we're seeing like, oh no, you have, you don't believe what I believe. Okay, don't want to talk to you. Or like, we don't like you. And even just in our classroom environment, we're getting that experience of, okay, well why? And maybe, you know, maybe I'm not believing the right thing. Or maybe you have something really interesting to point out that I haven't thought about. And so that's definitely a key part of it too. Yeah, I love that you're developing a spirit of charity and you're pursuing what's true together. That's great. You've talked a little bit about some of the discussions you've had or the books you've read. What is a favorite book you've read or a thing that you've learned recently at school? I love Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. That was last year, but it was towards the end of last year, so I'll say it's recently. <laughs> um, but just, it kind of goes back to, we weren't just like following the storyline because even that was difficult in and of itself. But we were seeking to understand the ideas and the morals. And so we were understanding the characters and why they had those motivations to do certain things. And I think in the end, I don't remember his first name, Carton though. Sydney Carton. Yeah. He almost was like a representative of Christ because he was willing to sacrifice himself. And it was just so interesting to see that in literature. And even we were studying the French revolution in history. And so it connected, but it was also just, teaching to us personally and also about the history and what was happening during that time. And it still applies to modern time because he, Carton, the character really valued people despite what was like the popular belief in the revolution was that they didn't like what we were doing, they were oppressing us and so we were just gonna throw them out. And so it was something we could apply personally to history and even just to the modern world currently. I'm thinking about Tale of Two Cities because last year we traveled to Houston to visit Trinity Classical School of Houston. And we happened to be reading Tale of Two Cities. And then we sat in on a class that was doing a Socratic seminar about Tale of Two Cities. I would love to hear, what did you guys take away from that trip? We visited two different schools. How has that made you think differently about what we're doing at TCA, about your role, about classical education? It's, it's also a classical Christian collaborative school. How do, how do you think about that trip now that we're six months out? I mean, I think... 
one of the things that we all noticed and we all like said it was they wanted to be there. And so something about being at a new school and not having big classes with friend groups and whatnot is sometimes it's hard to be at school and see the same people or do the same hard work day after day. But the people there loved it and they were like almost owning it in a way. And so you could really see that in the way their conversations played out and the way their subjects played out and the way they interacted with each other and with people in the lower grades and with their teachers. And so it was just really neat to see that. And I think it affected all of us in a way where we were like, hey, sometimes it gets kind of dreary and we just get bugged down with all the work or whatever it is. And really we get to enjoy learning. And that's what we saw in these schools. And it was something that really stuck with me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to go down there. Um, I think we grew closer together as a class as well because we were, it was four days down there. Yeah, we were four days down in Houston and Belton together, all cooped up in the same condo. <laughs> but um, uh, seeing those schools and like sitting in on that Tale of Two Cities conversation, because uh, we, we did this trip while we were sophomores and we sat in with the junior class in their conversation. And um, it was like encouraging to us because they were discussing the exact same things that we were discussing. Um, and they were a year older than us. So it was like, okay, um, we're not the only ones doing hard things. And even the older students are having the same struggles that we did with it. So it was like super encouraging in that. But another like encouraging thing was we're not the only weird ones. Um, like you, you mentioned this is the only classical high school in the Omaha metro area. Um, it, it can feel like we're weird with the outsiders at times, which I mean, we should be, we should, Christians are weird. We're weird. That's just the reality. But seeing other people um, doing the exact same thing that we're doing, um, thinking, thinking along the same lines, reading the same things, thinking the same things while we're, while they're reading those same kind of discussions was super encouraging. Like, wow, I'm not the only one. We're not the only ones. Um, and I remember that was one of the things that we talked about when we came back and we spoke about it in assembly, uh, was guys, there's other people like you out there. <laughs> <laughs> and even just as the junior class and being the first students, we're often called the guinea pigs and it's kind of fun, but in the same way that does hold a weight. And so it was really neat to see those they had all of high school, and so it was really neat to see the seniors and the juniors. And even just, we don't have seniors to look up to, but uh, at the schools that we were visiting, we got to see how they were looking up to the older students. And so we were like, wow, that's the role we're playing at this school, at TCA. And so even though we don't have it, we're that for someone else. And so that kind of brought a new meaning to even just what we were doing and why we were doing it. Because it is about the school, it's about the education, it's about why we're learning, but it's also about growing the community and being there for the younger students and having those relationships so that they can look up to someone else. Even if we didn't get to, they have that opportunity. While we were down there, we saw like they had that complete, but after their first graduating class, because I think uh, TCS in Houston was six years past their graduating class. Around there, yeah. And Belton was three or four years past or something mm -hmm. like that? I think they're actually a bit older. They're a bit older? Okay. Um, but so those, those that graduating, the first graduating class did lay those road. And I've used this analogy with you before, Mr. Britsky, of we, we're, yes, we are laying that road, 
but it's a very, very bumpy road. And so those classes after us are coming through and mending, taking care of and building it into something even better. And we saw that while we were down there of like, um, their, their house systems down there, they were, um, uh, they were each, each house had like a specific purpose within the school of like one house ran the newspaper, one house ran this, uh, this, uh, I think it was like a toy drive or something like, like uh, some sort of drive. Another uh, house was doing like a music night and uh, that wasn't something that they had originally started with, with the first students. And so the first students made it, made those opportunities available for the younger students to then start doing those things. And so that's something that we can start doing of, we know that the school's not going to be perfect when we leave. Or ever. Or ever, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we know that we, we will do the best that we can, and then the classes that follow after us will do the best that they can to continue the work that we have started. One of the things that I'm excited that you started coming out of that trip, uh, Juliana, this was your idea to carry it forth. At TCS, they have a weekly Bible study, and we were like, okay, how about monthly? And so I would love to have you talk about that new event that you've kind of kickstarted. Yeah, so for... A lot of last year, we were noticing how rhetoric school was a community, but it was shaky. It didn't really have a foundation. We were doing school together. Some of us got together as friends, but other than that, it wasn't much of a community. And so after visiting the schools, we heard about how like half of them worked at Chick-fil-A. And it was like a kind of funny thing, but they had like this community that they had built. And so was it TCS that had the weekly Bible study, as you mentioned? And when I heard that, I was like, we're a Christian school. Why don't we have a Bible study? And so it's a lot to commit to every week, but just to try it out, I thought we should do like a monthly and you helped me figure this out. Like it doesn't have to be every week, but maybe the first Monday of every month we get rhetoric school together and we just hang out and we have some time to not do school, to not, meet up and do homework as a study group, but to just mess around, play some games, play some football, ping pong, whatever, have dinner, and then come together as a whole and study the Bible and study the word together. And so even just after that first Bible study night that we had, and we have the second one coming up this Monday, so we've only done one, but I had multiple people come up to me and say, Jay, this was really special, and I'm so glad this happened. And so in the working of it, I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to support this. Like, it'll be another, oh, I have to go do another school thing. But it really showed me that everyone wants to build a community at Rhetoric, including the students. And that's why they're showing up. And not just that, but they want a community of Christians that they can share their faith with. They're, they can study the Bible with because some people don't have a great Bible youth group study. So it provides that opportunity for them. And it also just builds a community that we're looking to build as a rhetoric school. What are some other events or things at rhetoric school that are distinct? Just rhetoric school students get to do them that, that you enjoy or look forward to? Uh, in the spring, we have a house late night, but after the late night ends, the rhetoric school gets to stay all night. And so we did this for the first time last year. Uh, the executive prefects of house, me, Jay, Alina, and Josiah, all we zoomed together and wrote a persuasive paper to the to Mr. Johnson, the head of school, about why we should be allowed to have this late night. And um, he said, "You know what? Let's give it a shot." 
And so we did it and it was so much fun. We were just here at the school the entire night. We watched, we watched uh, some Studio C, some, some comedy skits. We played some games with each other. We had a bounce house in the JAMA. We just played some basketball. Um, we, we did a service project for the younger kids. We all wrote encouraging notes to all the younger kids' classes. And um, I don't know about you, Jay, but I got talked to by the class that I wrote to. That was, thank you so much. That was awesome. Um, but it was so much fun to be able to do that. Yeah. Thank you for using your rhetoric school, your rhetoric skills to make that happen. That was great. <laughs> Writing a petition. It was, it was a last minute thing that we threw together, but it worked. It, works. it was it a lovely works. essay. I read it. I think we, we actually, we actually wrote two last year because we also wrote it or Alina wrote one for spirit week. for spirit week to do a spirit week leading up to our house dance competition where students in house could wear things other than their uniform. That was, that was the thing that we were worried when it wasn't going to happen. Um, but um, using those things that we're learning in our humanities classes to and our humanities and our apologetics debate logic classes, mock trial even to persuasively argue not to get what we want, <laughs> but um, to shape the community, to shape the, yes, to shape the community <laughs> and um, uh, build it into um, something enjoyable. Um, not that what we're doing isn't enjoyable. Uh, I'm, a lot of people here love what they're doing, but creating into something even better. What else, Juliana, do you look forward to that's a rhetoric school specific activity or event? I mean, even just some of the opportunities we get to go off campus. And now that people are starting to get to drive, we can just go as students and go to Chipotle or something and just grab some food and then eat together and have that opportunity to have that responsibility and enjoy that time. Even again, it kind of goes back to building the relationships that build the community. And so we get to do that. We get to participate in other house events like the dance competitions. And that stretches beyond rhetoric school. We get seventh and eighth grade. But as rhetoric students, I see a lot more of leadership coming from the rhetoric students themselves. And so it's neat to see that play out and how we get the responsibility, we take it, and we choose to do that, and we enjoy it. Another thing that's really cool, um, in the fall, we do what we're calling this year the Fall Mystery Soiree. We get to look forward to a Roaring Twenties theme um, <laughs> for that. That's actually a month from today, right? Yeah, a month from today we get to do that, dress up as our, as our roles, and figure out who did it again. <laughs> well... Juliana, thank you. Isaiah, thank you. So glad to hear about what you're excited for, what you're learning, what you're building. Thanks for your investment. And it's just really fun to talk to you about all that's going on in rhetoric school. So appreciate your time. Any words in closing, things you're excited about, things you'd want our listeners to know who maybe don't know a lot about TCA's rhetoric school? I mean, I just, I think we're kind of repeating it a bit, but um, obviously the rhetoric school isn't completely developed and we're still paving that road but it's something that we are all excited for and we get to build a community. And that's the cool part is we're shaping that. And so we get to decide what's cool. Like Isaiah mentioned TCA, we're kind of the weird kids, but so are like Christians in general. And so we get to build a community that says we're learning differently. We have small classes. We have even like we're learning Latin, but we get to enjoy that without feeling like it's weird or feeling ashamed of it, which is 
really cool and really neat, even just the relationships that we form with each other through that and having that similar experience because it's different and we know that, but we're enjoying it and trying to build that. We, we mentioned the civil acronym of curious, intentional, virtuous, influential, and loving. And us six, while everybody is looking up to us, we aren't perfect and we're going to make mistakes and we can't exactly fulfill that civil acronym all the time. But, um, and no one can really, that's just something that we all have to accept. And knowing that what TCA is doing with us is helping us reach um, embodying that acronym further and further each day. And we're getting closer and closer to Christ with it. Um, and it's deepening our spiritual, um, the spiritual aspect of us, as well as the educational aspect of us. And it's one of the best things in my life and probably in your life, <laughs> your life. Um, <laughs> a lot of people here, this is, I know would say this is probably one of the best things they've ever done. Yeah, and I appreciate that you end with that, which is that the gospel is our power and our hope, not the school or what we're learning. And I think even the ways that you guys demonstrate and live that out are really powerful. And I hope that you will see that's so much of your legacy and so much of what we're longing for for you and all the students. So thanks for leading in those ways. I appreciate you guys being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. (laughs) 